Hey there. My apologies for being late. I uh sometimes I uh have um just little issues in the house here taking care of my brother's house and the animals and leaving things in one part of the house and then realizing, oh, I don't have it with me. <laughs> like my headset. So Oh, my goodness. This is the very last class of the Masterful Living 2014 classes. Wowzer. So happy to share it with you. So quite a wonderful blessing to get together with some of the wonderful Masterful Living peeps, uh, Last Sunday, I got to be with Bojana and Peter and Anne-Marie and Richard and Karen Carruthers. Now it's just such a treat. So I look forward to more gatherings next year with our beloved Masterful Living family. And I can just tell you that I am feeling as we get closer and closer to this next year that it's going to be a year of triumph for everyone who has a strong spiritual practice. Just amazing healing is what I'm feeling coming forth. Amazing healing. And that's what we like. Amazing healing. So let us tune in and call forth that amazing healing right now. So together we take this breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and so thankful to call upon the Shambhala Brotherhood, the Brotherhood of Light, White Brotherhood, Christ Consciousness Mentors, Karmic Board, Beloved Adawi Elohim, and all the beings of love and light, the company of heaven. Hmm. Yes. We're consciously asking for the maximum healing and peeling off layers of darkness. Extended to us, to all humanity, to all the beings in masterful living. We invoke the violet flame of transmutation. So grateful. Hmm. Breathing deeply. Allowing ourselves to tune in to the highest possibility of love. Breathing deeply. We invoke the violet flame into our awareness. Calling for the violet flame to soak and saturate Mother Earth and all her many kingdoms, including all the elementals, filling our heart, our mind, our home with oceans and oceans of violet fire. 
In the name of the great I am, I call for the light of a thousand suns from the great central sun, angels of violet fire, beloved Master Saint Germain, beloved Archangel Zadkiel, and holy Amethyst, Omri Tas, ruler of the violet planet. In the name of God, beloved I am that I am, saturate the earth and all of her evolution with limitless waves of violet fire. I call for the action of the violet transmuting flame and the action of the will of God to manifest on earth now and forever an ever-increasing spiral of divine perfection. I call for all discord and activities on earth that are not reflecting the highest light and God's holy purposes to be miraculously swept and transformed by the power of the violet flame into divine love and harmony for the restoration of earth and her people into their original blueprint of perfection that was originally intended. Violet flame, violet flame, O oh violet flame, in the name of God, flood the earth, her people, and all her kingdoms with oceans and oceans of violet fire until every particle of life is restored to divine perfection. May peace, love, and joy be spread throughout the earth. May the earth abide in the aura of perfect love. May the earth abide in an aura of peace, love, joy, and freedom. I give thanks that it is done now according to God's holy will, and so be it. Beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am. Yes. Breathing deeply. allowing ourselves to receive that powerful, transformative healing energy of the violet flame. One of the things we'll be doing next year in the year three class is working more with the resurrection flame and the ascension flame focusing on eliminating the blocks to our awakening and ascension. I've done a lot of work with the resurrection flame and I have found it to be so deeply healing on all levels. I love the resurrection flame affirmations in the Sacred Flames book. And 
Patricia Cotarobles, uh, as I've shared, has a uh, resurrection affirmation that she likes as well. And hers, hers is a little bit, hmm, what's the word to describe it? feels a little more complex, but when you break it down, it, it uh, makes sense. So her affirmation is, I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. So in the Seven Sacred Flames book, uh, in uh, there, there's different discussions about uh, working with raising the vibration of the electrons. And so the electrons are vibrational, light, expressions, I'll call them, of energy that are at their core, they are pure, purity. And my understanding is that that purity is the divine nature of the electron. And that purity cannot be sullied. And so electrons make up everything in this world of form. So when we invoke the, the sacred flames to blaze through the earth and all the kingdoms, to soak and saturate the earth and all the kingdoms, we're really calling for cleansing, purification, and uh, that restoration of that electron to its highest and best use. So in this world of form, as we've talked about the elementals and the world of form must correspond to our thoughts. They don't have any choice. We have free will in this world to use our thought, our belief, our action, our choices, our emotions to create expressions and the elemental kingdom has to align with what we create, even if it's discordant. So this is why I have found it to be so 
so profoundly healing for me karmically to work with the violet flame in my heart and to inhale into my heart the misqualified energy that I've expended in previous lifetimes or any time prior to this moment and then to breathe it out requalified, restored into this world. I think this is one of the wonderful ways that we can take responsibility for our karmic transgressions. The transmutation and transformation that is made possible by the violet flame is instantaneous. It's quantum. Why labor in the world of form when we can work with the violet flame? So Jesus teaches us about using the resurrection ray to resurrect to our true identity and even to uh, working with the resurrection flame and the ascension flame for transfiguration. So the regeneration of every cell, fiber, and function of our being. And also, of course, our emotional body, our etheric body, our mental body. So these are the quantum tools that are available to us. And the... The thing that I'm inviting you to do, whether you continue in Masterful Living or not, I'm strongly inviting you to really commit to working at the quantum level with the Ascension Flame and the Resurrection Flame. So every being that ascends in consciousness is working with the Ascension Flame. We can do that now. So the combination is very powerful. Now let's go back to Patricia's affirmation. I am the resurrection and the life. So the I am presence is the resurrection. We're resurrecting to our awareness of the I am that I am, the I am that is the I am of everyone. I am is the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Remember that uh, one of the teachings of Jesus is, I am is the way, the truth, and the life. So here, I am the resurrection and the life. The I am is the resurrection and the life. I am is the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron. So the way to the perfection of every electron is through that resurrection energy. So we invoke the I am presence to direct the resurrection flame 
and then there's no misuse. We're using our natural inheritance, inheritance of calling upon the I am presence to direct it. And this is what we have the free will to do. This is how we align with divine will. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I, I like to add one more word in there. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by God's holy grace. By God's holy grace. I encourage you to learn this affirmation and to say it all day long to yourself. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I like the very much the resurrection affirmations in the Sacred Flames book. And so the way I like to use them is this way. I like to say each one nine times. And the ones I say are, I am the resurrection and the life of my physical body's perfect blueprint. I am the resurrection and the life of my emotional body's perfect blueprint. I am the resurrection and the life of my mental body's perfect blueprint. I am the resurrection and the life of my etheric body's perfect blueprint. I am the resurrection and the life of my spiritual body's perfect blueprint. I am the resurrection and the life of the gifts of my divinity. I am the resurrection and the life of all my relationships. I am the resurrection and the life of my divine vision. I am the resurrection and the life of my eternal youth, beauty, and radiance. I am the resurrection and the life of my ministry. I am the resurrection and the life of my finances. And you can add in anything that you would like. I I think it's worth experimenting with it. And I feel that the number nine is key for me. So the number nine in numerology is the number of completion. The number of completion. That's why I like the number nine. It's the number of completion. For those of you who are interested in numerology, and we may play with this a little. I, I, those who came on the Master Living Retreat with me this year, we did a little uh, numerology. Uh, there's a wonderful book. Uh, I believe it's called The Divine Triangle. Maybe we'll work with that uh, this coming year in, a little bit in uh, the year three class. 
maybe even in year two, I'm really feeling called to mix in a, a few other things that have been helpful to me along the path. And it was helpful to me to learn just a little bit about numerology uh, because uh, I, I never thought about it, but uh, some friends uh, taught me about it a little bit and introduced me to that book, which is based on Pythagoras's work. And uh, so when uh, when you're working with numerology, one of the things you can do is uh, do the numerology of your name. And there are lots of websites, free websites, where you can learn about numerology as well. So uh, each letter of the alphabet obviously has a numerical value. A is a 1, Z is a 26, and uh, the 2 and the 6 and the 26, you add them together, so the Z is actually an 8. So you've got the nine numbers, one through nine, and then uh, you take. You can easily figure out what your name is. So you take, uh, for me, I have three names, Jennifer, Helen, and Hadley. Helen was the name of both my grandmothers, amazingly. So that's my middle name. And uh, when you do the numerology of my name, Jennifer, Helen, Hadley, it uh, adds up to a 99. And then if you add the two nines and the 99 together, you get an 18. If you add the 1 and the 8 together, you get a 9. So I'm, my name is, in numerology, numerological terms, to 99 slash 9. And then my birthday, which is November 28th, 1959, adds up to a 9. And then if you take the number that your birthday is and the number that your name is and you add them together, you get what they call your power number. So when you take my name, that 9, and you take my birthday, which is also a 9, you add those two together, you get an 18. And then you yeah, add the eight and the one, you get a nine. So I'm just, I'm a nine girl. So I like the number nine <laughs> a lot. Nine is the number of completion. And uh, also in numerological terms, it is uh, the, a person who has that power number nine, their focus is um, global healing. So, uh, as you can see, my I've discovered that my life was pre-planned. What could you not accept if you but knew that all events, situations, and occurrences were gently planned for your good, including your numerology? numerology. So uh, I, I, I felt some comfort in my numerology because it just validated what I already knew, which was there was no getting away from it. Uh, this is the path I chose before I was born. So I ran from it, and now I'm grateful for it. <sighs> mm. All right.
tonight. More to come. So I'd like to unmute everybody and uh, open it up here and uh, just talk about our Christmas experiences. So I'm going to take uh, take everybody into the unmute land. So if you have background noise, you may want to self-mute. Here we go. You're all unmuted now. And uh, so as I was sharing a little bit on the community call on Saturday, which was so beautiful, and sharing with the folks on Sunday, um, I had some major attachments coming up uh, for healing as my dad announced that he uh, would like to sell the house in Maine rather than leave it to my brother and I. Uh, and uh, so that means our family vacations that we take every year. We've been taking them for, gosh, 30 years or something, just about, you know, all that would go away. So that was a shock to my brother and I because we, we really love and appreciate those times with our father and with each other, and it was a major shift in our family experience. And uh, so I got to see my attachments to... Uh, just how the family relates to each other, how much time we spend with our father, and uh, and that house that he and my mother built, and all of that, and all our memories there. So um, once I got over the initial shock of it, I realized, oh, this is my Christmas present from my Holy Christ self, the I Am that my because my prayer is so intent on releasing all attachments obviously i don't even have a home anymore <laughs> um that uh now the the family home is now going to go away perhaps we'll see again you when you release the attachment you don't necessarily have to release the item or the relationship or anything like that so I just really, really moved into that place of profound gratitude, which I, I found, in a sense, it was really just so perfect. And, and it actually made me quite joyful because just a, one week ago, our class was focused on, uh, you know, being able to be grateful for the heartache, the heartbreak, or the suffering as we were talking about uh, in Sons of God, how she rent the the veil of unbelief by being grateful for her greatest sorrow. So I I literally on Christmas uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, because my father told us Christmas Eve that that was his thought was to sell the house. I just went into thank you God for my healing and thank you God for giving me this opportunity to release these attachments and not carry one more the burden one more day and I, I'm so so grateful for my Christmas present this is the Christmas present from my Holy Christ self that I desire the most which is my liberation from all attachments so I know I'm not the only one who got a Christmas present of this nature and uh, I just wonder if anybody else would like to share. 
this is Amina. Hey, Amina. Hi. And I'll share. Um, it was a very different Christmas for me. This is the first year of, you know, the change in my relationship and having the opportunity to do something different than I've always done. And though a lot of you know, my husband and I are still under the same roof. Um Hopefully that's shifting soon, but you know there's been some challenges, and it's like, oh, what do we do this year, and what do I want to do? And I really had, you know, a lot of uncertainty about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to spend the holiday, and not being attached to the way it's always been. And um, ultimately, I decided to stay home, and I was by myself for a good chunk of the day, which was really lovely. And I did a couple of hours of practice. I did an ascension ceremony. I did, you know, a lot of prayer and just some contemplation. And it was really wonderful and unexpected. And I didn't feel sad and I didn't feel left out and I didn't feel broken or, you know, there there was something wrong with me. It, It felt great. Hmm. And would you have thought that that was possible a few months ago? Probably not. I mean, for sure, last year I wouldn't have thought that. Um, Yeah, definitely something I didn't expect. What do you think is the key to your having that peace, Amina? I think it's really letting go of the attachment and thinking that things have to be a certain way. Mm. And even if they were always that way and, you know, even when I didn't necessarily want to be bound by the tradition, you know, I mean, I've had other times where things got shifted like Thanksgiving or something and we're like, oh, wait, you know, I don't like this. Um, But I think it is really accepting that I get to decide how I want to feel. I get to decide what I'm doing with my life. I'm changing my entire life, everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, I get to design it and I, and I don't want to be attached anymore. You know, like you've shared and I feel like I'm getting so much support <laughs> in releasing my attachments mm-hmm. because of what, you know, things that are coming up or, you know, situations um, that they're being, it, it's accelerated, you know, the the need to let go, the importance of letting go. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you're talking, Amina, I think one of the things that's important for us to recognize in this attachment releasing journey experience is how, oh, we could release an attachment to this person and then an attachment to that person arises. We could release an attachment to uh, this job and then an attach, we recognize that we replace it with an attachment to this identification. So uh, sometimes we release an attachment, but the pattern of being attached 
in that way remains. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how these things work. So, for instance, uh, we could have an identification with ourselves in a particular role in a relationship or a job in our family in some way shape or form and then we release that attachment and then but we start to then energize more intensely a lesser attachment let's say that becomes stronger uh and so it's important to be mindful because uh the attachment is rep really representative of an energetic in the mind. And uh, so we can let go of one thing and then uh, hold on to an another. And, uh, and of course, this is what Course in Miracles talks about in the section in Chapter 17 in the text on a healed relationship where it says most people when they um give the special relationship to the holy spirit they can, most people it really says they can't stand the intensity of the shifting of the relationship's purpose so they abandon the relationship they go start another special relationship and just really start all over again so the same thing can happen in other kinds of attachments. And um, if, we, if we can freely give up, if we can really freely give up the attachments, really freely pay attention to where they are in our life and surrender them uh, in a loving way, then it's very helpful. So one of the things I can share with you is... Um, I know sometimes uh, there are spiritual practitioners who will they give they recognize their attachments particularly to let's say things and in order to sever that attachment they will just give up the thing or they like participating in a certain thing. So to sever the attachment, they just give up the thing. And um, that's not my way. I feel that it is a uh, more effective way for me to deal with the attachment is not to give up the relationship or the thing uh, in the world of form, but to give it over in the invisible to the Holy Spirit, to the I am for healing. And to take, because if I give up, because I've done this so many times, I have a relationship with someone and it's, it's clear, it's a special relationship, there's attachment there, there's aversion, there's craving, there's all that stuff going on. And um, in my my history, I've just walked away from relationships, and I've had people walk away from me, and I've come to realize that that is not the fastest path of healing for me, 
that it is much more healing for me to stay in the relationship and allow myself to be guided by the higher self. And so over the years, I've had so many people ask me, you know, how do you know when to end a relationship? And as you've heard me say, I say, well, how is that even possible if you're one with them throughout eternity? Well, you can't end the relationship. So what, what's the fantasy that you're going to, what, that somehow you're going to end your suffering by not talking to that person anymore or being around them? Well, you can end your suffering in other ways. Why is that the fastest way? To me, it's not the fastest way. It's, it's, uh, it often feels like it's being driven by the ego. You know, um, I know that sometimes people will say, oh, I have an attachment to this, this piece of furniture or this house or this thing, so I'm going to give it up and, walk, you know, I'm going to sever the attachment. But I, I think it's, it's more powerful to really just work at the level of the mind and not work at the level of form. And this takes willingness, it takes practice, and it takes um, that clearing out of the taking out the trash so that you can see what's what and you're not your vision your insight is not cluttered by the the garbage uh thoughts in the mind so uh that's why i really like working with the the thoughts and the beliefs uh and let the holy spirit the i am presence do the heavy lifting, do the work, and now I cultivate my willingness to have awareness to to know what's operating in my mind and what thoughts I'm allowing to take a precedence in my awareness and to be driving my moment by moment experience. So. Uh, and what keeps coming to me to share with you is I had a friend of mine who uh very involved in her grandchildren's life, as many of my friends who are grandparents are, and um, very involved, you know, seeing them a number of times a week and sleepovers uh, every week, this kind of thing just, you know, in total love and adoration of grandchildren and um, healthy, wonderful relationships, but not really recognizing the intensity of the attachment and then the family moving away and going into deep, deep grief over the loss of the proximity of the grandchild. And I, I remember you know, saying to a friend that this happened to, saying, um, this is only for you to release this attachment. Release the attachment and then I can feel they're going to they're gonna move back, which they did. It just took about two years and they moved back. So, um, but if we can actively recognize where we're energizing attachments and let them go, Give the relationship over to the Holy Spirit to make the 
the relationship wholly, then we can have nothing but peaceful relationships. It, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's extraordinary how it works. But it does require our vigilance, our dedication, our devotion, our willingness. So, any, Amina, did you wish to share anything more? No, I mean, I could go on a tangent, um, but I think I'll just <laughs> leave it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess what came to my mind was, um, well, first off, that was a, a great point about the attachments, um, and I, I really get what you're saying. And I'm wondering, you know, just in terms of handing over a relationship, when to end it and all that, of course, I struggled with that big time, you know, before making my decision, and I really felt that. I was in the past attached to staying married and making it work. And, you know, realizing that the only way I thought I was going to have the holy relationship was to let it change form. Mm. And um, then what I also thought of was when you were talking about and you want to abandon the 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 messy process, you want to abandon the situation, I'm like, okay, well... Maybe that's why it's taking so long for us to leave the proximity is just all of that. Um, the lessons continue. You know, it's like, what, what am I learning here through this process of the long goodbye? Yeah. Well, and it's not really goodbye. Right. But anyway, I, I don't I don't know if that makes sense even to me, but <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. Mm. Mm, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else have some major attachments come up in the last week? This is Kazi. Hey, Kazi. Hey. Um, Well, I wrote in Facebook about how I wanted the... um, some of my patterns around Christmas to change. And I definitely had attachments come up around it because it only got magnified. It didn't get better, <laughs> which is great because it's up for healing, which is what I ended up realizing. But because um, I'm like, a, I'm a stepmom and grandma and there's so much commercialism or, you know, like the kids want all these gifts and they don't really appreciate it. So I really was working on how could I end the invisible of changing that dynamic and slowing, you know, just slowing it down. And, um, in the midst of really working on, like, this year we were handing them out and everybody was just opening one at a time. Um, I also take care of, I'm part, my dad is um, not very well. And he so he wasn't, right. he wasn't down here with me. And I got a call in the midst of this, the worst time to... Um, to try to to deal with him. So it was like mm. it all came together at once, right? So I was pulled out of this whole thing. But so, like, I felt 
kind of taken out of the situation, which wasn't really what I mm-hmm. wanted to do either. So I just, I'm still kind of, I realize that this is a great gift because I went, my attachment was, is that, oh, this is going to be different this year. And it, there's still work to be done there. <laughs> and there's definitely attachments because maybe it won't change. And I just need to um, let go of my attachment of how it looks. I'm not really sure. Well, this is a major point in our journey of mastery. I'm so glad you brought this up, Kazi, because there is real learning for every single one of us to really understand what it means to energize the ideal. So this this is one of the things I'm most grateful for with Venerable because I, I tell you, there's hardly ever been a question that I ever asked her, like, Ven, what do I do about this? She's like, well, energize the ideal, Jennifer. I mean, that's not how we speak to each other, really, but that's the basic gist of it is energize the ideal. So I really uh, – I – I remind myself all the time, it, you know, if you don't like something, energize the ideal. That's that's the antidote is to hold in your mind. Because remember, as I was saying at the beginning of the class, that the elementals, the world of form, they have to correspond to our thought. So let us energize the ideal. And so not even what we want, but the ideal. Now, many times we really don't know what the ideal will look like. So this is why I was, I believe I was given that tool of the deep desire of the heart, which is all about how does it feel? What is the feeling tone of it? What is the spiritual tone of it? It's grace. It's peace. It's harmony. It's joy. It's freedom. It's clarity. It's wisdom. It's all those spiritual qualities. We energize that feeling tone of those spiritual qualities. So, yeah, we don't know what it's going to look like. Sometimes we can have a divine vision. So, for instance, when I'm energizing the ideal of someone's healing, I see them in my mind's eye as a being of radiant, luminous light, nothing but light. And then how that translates into their world of form experience, it's it's just going to be beautiful. And how it works on a cellular level, that's not for me to know or to to dictate. I don't know what's best, but I can see the person as the radiant being of light that they truly are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we don't even know a lot of times how to energize the ideal in the world of form, so we back it up to the the ideal in the world of causation first cause which is in that etheric realm of perfection so we energize beauty and truth and freedom and wholeness etc so working that way what do you what do you say kazi well that's very helpful um it's really it's dropping the form and it's just really thinking of that 
whole interaction and each being, like you say, is a radiant being of light. And then I don't have to figure it out because I can't. <laughs> and it's not pushing density. So then I can really see that that would start to shift. Because I haven't even really known how to work with it since then. I was like kind of, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was an aha that I'm really attached. But so I really, this is helpful. I think I'll just really focus on each the grandkids and the stepchildren as just the radiant being that they are and work with in the invisible around that and see not that's how that's what's coming to me at the moment to really just keep energizing the ideal and that helped me to because I didn't really know what that meant either so you talk yeah about exactly it. yeah so for instance you might see uh, an image of Everyone in the family laughing, having fun, uh, feeling connected to each other. And you might pick in your mind's eye a, perhaps even a location that that would take place in. But it's just to give it a visual representation but without attachment to the actual look of it or the place and particulars of it. Uh, you know, in other words, not necessarily seeing everyone going to the same baseball game and things like that, but just the people relating to each other in a loving, harmonious, joyful, peaceful way. And, and then it's really about the feeling of the connection between the people. Yeah. It goes back to the deep desire of the heart, which is what you were talking about. I mean, like that, how, the, how you want, how I want to feel in that yeah how you'd like to feel because as long as I mean to me in any relationship if I'm feeling harmonious and peaceful and joyful and loving and free and it feels beautiful and luminous does it matter whether we're dancing on the beach or cleaning up the trash along the highway. Yeah. Yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yep. So it's a, a great gift. I get to keep coming back to the invisible. <laughs> but this is very helpful, the energizing the ideal. I have a better understanding of that. Mm, good. So thank you. Yep. Yeah. Anyone else? Hi, Jennifer Dobson. Hey there. How, hey, how, hi, everyone. Uh, so you shared in the last class about being with your brother. How was it? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to um, kind of refer to is that it was, you know what, it was, um, <laughs> it was okay. I mean, it wasn't much different than he was actually overtly kind to me. And I was just cautiously kind to him. But what came up afterwards um, about the attachment is that I was attached to two things. One was a, was a fantasy, and one was the anger that I felt. The fantasy was that I wanted everyone to think I had a really cool big brother that loved me and that, um, you know, we were just, like really close and blah, blah, blah. And then I was attached to the 
anger that he was so abusive to me. And so after Christmas and after we had, and I listened to, there was a couple things that, um, I listened to some of your calls on the um, Course in Miracles on Unity, and there was just some things that came up that was how attached I was and, and what is the ideal, and and that um, I always felt like I needed to do something. I needed to fix it. I needed to have this long conversation with him and explain, my, you know, the essence of life <laughs> to him and, you know, all these things to fix it. And, and, and it was really just a, this longing to have him. And so now I feel um, less emotion around it, and I feel... Like what you were just saying with Tavi is the ideal um, is to just do nothing but love him and realize that it's that um, karma. It's karma and it's um, not having to fix or do anything but be loving. And whether that's loving him face-to-face or from a distance or wherever we are, um, that's all I need to do, and I don't, and I need to stop having an attachment to an expectation or to a story of any kind, fantasy, real, or anything, which is good for me. I mean, it's it's kind of elementary, but for me, it was a kind of a big deal. Yeah, to realize yeah. about that fantasy that I had. Yeah. Yep, it is a big deal. Yep, and that's that's what we're doing is we're clearing out those kinds of attachments by bringing them to the light of our awareness. So, you know, when when we're really strongly ego identified, one of the things that happens is when the attachment comes into our mind, we a we start to energize it make it more real, stronger, more powerful. Uh, It's more upsetting or the fantasy is more desirable. So the craving is increased or the aversion is increased. Right? Because all attachments are either cravings or aversions, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we're ego identified, our basic thing that we do is we intensify either the craving or the aversion when the attachment comes into our awareness. And so we often do that unconsciously, meaning we're not considering the effect that that will have on our experience of our life. Mm. Right? We don't get in the gap between the thought arising in our mind and our choice to energize it. Yep. So we are the constructors of our suffering and we don't even realize it because we usually blame it on other people or we blame it on circumstances. Absolutely. Or we blame it on ourselves. I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. So none of that practices healing. So it's just bringing these things into the awareness without blame without energizing the attachment, is deeply, profoundly healing. Awareness is curative. So 
we we often have hidden fantasies. They're hiding right in plain sight, right? Yes. Yeah. But they're so familiar I, to us because oftentimes they started in some version uh, in another lifetime or in, in when we were children. I have found that to be so true in my life that um, fantasy has been a huge part of my life. Huge. Huge, huge, huge. So, yeah. And I'm just really realizing that. I mean, um, I, I have been very ego-driven uh, more than I thought I was. Um, and the more I get into it, the more I realize it. But I'm not, a, I'm not suffering over it. Um, I'm rising above because I have to know what I have to know in order to transform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the no self-judgment as a baseline is so important for us. Instead of judging ourselves to go, aha, look at that. Wow, I've been energizing this or that without any judgment. Oh, now that this is in my awareness, I can turn it over to the Holy Spirit to be transformed. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. I mean, it's been really, um, it's been huge. It's been huge because I usually would be bawling or crying or angry or something on this call other than just, I'm okay. I'm not judging myself or any of the other stuff, the story or any of it. It's just, okay. Yeah. So that's been a, that's been a huge thing. One of the things you said was that you had an attachment to the anger. Now that's very familiar to me because I felt for a long time that my anger was my protection. So you yeah everybody has heard me say that if you look underneath anger there's fear. And what is the fear about? The fear is about about getting hurt in a way that is similar to how we've already been hurt or it's like poking in the wound that has yet to heal. So when there's anger, to me, it's that the anger is the cough that is like the symptom of the post-nasal drip or the lungs are irritated. So the problem is not the cough, it's that the lungs are irritated. And so with the anger, it's really not that the anger is the problem. Let's not deal with the symptom. Let's work at the level of cause rather than effect because that's that's what we do in order to become masterful is we work at the level of cause. All healing is at the level of the mind. So the hurt is in the mind. It's the splinter that's in the mind that has become inflamed and we need to remove the splinter from the mind in order to remove the fear to remove the anger Peter there's uh, uh, you've got a little background noise there or Mm. something Um, so that Attachment to the anger 
it is that really what it is or is it just you still feel hurt the hurt has not healed and all hurt in my experience is the byproduct of a judgment the meaning that i made of some experience that i had and not that i'm doing something wrong because when when you're a child, you know, it's what is that when I was a child, I spoke as a child. You know, I did this as a child. When, But now I'm not a child anymore. But when we're spiritually immature, emotionally immature, or we're children, we make the meaning of things that we feel hurt. And this shouldn't be. It's all judgments. But that that's what happens because we, especially when we're children, we don't have perspective. That's why Course in Miracles tells us pain is wrong perspective. So your experience was that you were abused as a child. And who can make sense of that? No child can make sense of it. They can only just manage it or cope with it. Exactly. And and I did cope with it um, through fantasy and anger. I mean, very much so. And it's not all the way, I mean, I'm not healed. In fact, this is, it's been a two-year process. This has just all been a process and it's, it's and what Mimi said during that call when I was talking about my brother, how she said that um she pushes away even people that she loves and she isolates and she quite I was so resonated with that because mm-hmm. um and people in this class will like will absolutely say, Yep, that's what she does. Um because that's it's part of my whatever healing process and, and, and realizing and recognizing and all of it is um, coming up to heal. Uh, so it's good. I don't, I used to hate it when it would come up very easily that I would shove it down. Um, but I don't, I, I haven't been doing that. So. Yeah, if the environment isn't safe, then it's not a healing space. So it makes sense that your knee-jerk reaction would be to isolate and get away. And it's, I think it's really important for us all to recognize that anger, whether it's our own anger or somebody else's, that anger is a defense against getting hurt. It, that anger is back away from me. Because generally, just generally, if you're anywhere in the world, you're in a store, you're in a restaurant, you're in your home, and somebody's angry, what is your knee-jerk reaction. Especially get angry back. Ident- okay. Yeah. If, and if you're identified with the ego, what, what are, get angry back is very common, right? So when, when you get angry back at somebody's uh, anger, what, what does that look like or sound like? What, what kinds of things do people say? Well, for me, I just get, I mean, there's, well, there's a two answers. I mean, when, 
sometimes though I just retreat. I don't want to be around that anger, so I retreat exactly. into isolation. Exactly. So that I'm out actually because I was too scared to to get angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad used to get angry when I was a kid. I just would like, where can I hide? Exactly. It was terrifying to me when my father would get angry. I didn't want to be caught in the crossfire. You know, even my the family dog, people got angry. What did she do? She hid under the couch. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And then the other, so that's, that's uh, you know, protective. The other one is to go into defense or offense. You know, it's not my fault. You're defending yourself. Or you go into offense, you know. I'm not going to take that from you. But it's a very rare person that has the skill, the insight, and the loving confidence to say, hey, what's really going on here? How can I help you? You're angry. You must You must be suffering. What what can I do to help you come back into your heart? It's so perfect that you said that because when I was meditating after Christmas with my family, that's exactly where I went. It's like, oh, my God, what can I do for him? How can I love him? So... That's big progress. Yes, it is. It is, it is, it is. That's very masterful. Thank you for sharing that with us, Allison. Thank you for everyone. Thanks for everyone to be here. Anybody else dealing with major attachments coming up in your face over the holidays? Any major victories that you recognize over the holidays? Yeah, I'd like to share something about that. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I uh, I feel a lot calmer than I've uh, I've ever felt. I I guess I was attached to have been attached over my life to uh, you know uh, a lot of mental agita. <laughs> You know, just just a lot of roiling inside, very intense mental energy. Always a bit anxious, a bit hyped up. 
And, uh, you know, I guess that's why I sort of drank, you know, because it, um, you know, sort of drowned that out. Um, but I've been feeling since before the holidays, but especially during this time, because the family's home and it's rather than and, and being a distraction, it's been very, very warming. And uh, I feel very calm. I feel that I'm able to release a bit more my attachment to the belief that I must control everything. And so I'm letting go of that control issue a little more, Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. allowing life to sort of come to me more than my feeling that I've got to uh, be the creator of it. You know, and it's um, that that sort of relaxing of my my putting down of my weaponry is is feels really peaceful. That's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it's really it's, it quite is. <laughs> yeah, I I feel just a a lot more peaceful. Than than I've than I've felt in in, a, in a, my life. I was going to say in a very long time. I probably felt very peaceful when I was a toddler. <laughs> so it's been a long time. Yeah. Mm. You know, which is not to say that I'm I'm sort of over all my attachments. That's very far from the truth, but um, but I envision being free of my attachments. I'm not a, I, I, in, I I'm not attached. I'm willing to be unattached, and so that's that's kind of remarkable. You know, attached to. I mean, I've got a laundry list of them, and I don't, I don't, I don't require them anymore to define me. You know, it's like you say about awareness. You know, I've, I've brought them up into my attention, and I look at them and I say, well, what are the really, what are really the rewards of that? What's the benefit? To me of that, and I say, well, gee, there's really very little benefit to me there. It's not a lot of fun be- thinking I have to be in control of everything. It's rather exhausting. And so, to envision letting go of that is, is comes with greater it, com- it, it it comes more with greater ease. Yes. You know, I've shared that uh, I was a control freak, um, yeah. and I, 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 I say 
that I think they should have a 12-step program for control freaks. <laughs> yeah. But I re- when I realized that, then I thought about it for a minute, and I thought, who would run the meeting? It, <laughs> it just, no, you can't. <laughs> control freaks can't have a 12-step meeting because Correct. Just, yeah. But um, I, when I first really addressed the fact that I was a real control freak, it was it was so challenging to me. Uh, and it, of course, it was intensely healing for me as well. But it's very confrontive um, because I was so identified with the controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what I quickly realized was was a huge relief not to be in charge anymore, to let God right. be in charge. Right. So, yeah, that's the trick. The trick is to not control mm-hmm. yourself to be uncontrolling, you know, but it's a real cessation of effort. And, and it, to be in a state of allowance. I was in a meditation earlier today. It was a guided meditation. And And, and they talked about on and taking in inhaling and pausing prior to exhale, and in that pause is silence. Is is a is a is the like the eternal silence of your being. That momentary pause that you take. I mean, Robles talks about that too a little bit in her breathing exercises, pause. And that pause resonates within you. It vibrates within you. And it's a it's a silent, peaceful state. Yes. And that, the control just, it, they're... It's just there is none. Mhm. Yep. It goes back to that allowing. Mhm. Allowing the peace to be revealed. Beautiful. That is a beautiful place for us to come to completion. The thing about this spiritual expansion is it keeps on going and going, which is wonderful and reassuring. And uh, many of the folks in this class are continuing on. Uh, I'll just make mention 
I, I believe you all already know this, but you can always just join us for January, get your year anchored in the New Year's Intentions classes. I'm really uh, doing some somewhat different things this year to anchor us in the new year, really clearing the clutter. And uh can always start, always withdraw if it's not for you. And if you don't start with us, you can always come back. Uh, the door is always open, of course. And we're all spiraling up together. We're definitely spiritual family. And uh, the Facebook groups, uh, nobody gets kicked out of the Facebook group. So they're there. And the year two and three Facebook groups just keep keep going. So um, no new Facebook group there. And uh, yeah, I know... Uh, a number of folks are coming to the Baja retreat or retreats, which will be wonderful to be able to be in person. And also I know a number of people are coming to the New York Course in Miracles conference in April. I'll be there as well. And so many ways for us to continue unfolding and spiraling together. Those of you who are continuing on, I hope many of you will consider being uh, community call facilitators, and um, I, I continue to entertain the idea of uh, opening it up and seeing if people would like to have a uh, community call, could be a combined community call uh, that would be on a weeknight for people who are not able to attend the weekend community calls. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first class is Thursday, New Year's Day. And uh, and then there's class on uh, the New Year's and classes start New Year's Day and then Saturday and then the next couple of Mondays. Mm. So uh, and we're all going to be together for all years of Masterful Living together for these these first few classes uh, because I feel it's really important for everyone to really write a new contract, take a look at the old one. It may still be perfect for you, uh, but there may be revisions. We're going to anchor them in and work with them uh, in a more dedicated way this year. And I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited for what we're all unfolding. Excuse me. May May I ask a question, Jennifer? I'm sorry. At what website sure. do we At what website do we sign up for the for next for this coming year? Um, I sent a link, and I'll I've put it in the Facebook group. I will put it in again. Okay, I would appreciate that. Yep, and I can uh, also send the the link again to sign up That's by great. email. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, let me see if I... Hey, Jen. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I, I signed up today, and um, and the email, one of the emails that you had sent out for ML3 didn't have an ML3 option. <laughs> so, um, so I had to end up, I, I emailed admin, and, and they sent me the correct link. So it was an ML3 sign-up, which had an option to join one or two. Huh. Only. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this is Alice, and I had the same thing. Um, I had to call. I had to get a hold of admin, too, because I signed up for three, but it ended up being two. So yeah, there's a little glitchy somewhere. If yeah. one of you has that email, would you send it to me? Mm-hmm. I can. I'm sure yeah, I still I'll, have I'll it. Yeah, I'll take a look. Yeah, I might have binned it, but I'll, I'll take a look. The the link. Um... It's quite clearly ML3. You know, the heading is, you know, if you're, you know, ML3, you know, membership link. And so when I went the, when I went on it, it it's, it didn't offer ML3. I'll look for oh. it. I'll send it. Okay. The, the, um, the link is jenniferhadley.com forward slash MLC3-2015. Forward slash, but I'll I'll put it in the Facebook group. Yeah, and I know some folks are going to uh, stay uh, in year two and repeat year two, which is fine. And um, yeah. All right. I feel so blessed to have had this year with you. I can't even begin to tell you what a blessing it is to me. Hmm. So as I place my hand on my heart, so filled with gratitude, So grateful for the blessings that we give each other and ourselves by joining in this way and walking together in this way, being transparent, authentic. So grateful for our healing and our expansion, the ever-increasing clarity, the release of the clutter. So grateful and so thankful for our yes, knowing that for each and every one of us, it's ever increasing. We are blessed and we are a blessing. We truly share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, I love you, 
I appreciate you. I thank God for you. And Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Mm.